Good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody out this morning. If y'all would, please bear with me this morning. I've had sinus infection, I guess, all week, so I may have to cough a little bit. All right, question 12. We'll be looking at part B of it today. The question states, <clears throat> how does God execute his decrees? The answer, God executes his decrees in the works of creation and providence. Last week, we went over his works of creation. This week, we will be looking at providence. Providence defined would be divine guidance or special care towards something. Let's pray and ask God's help this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We we thank you, Lord, that you are in control of all these things and that even through your providence that we have come to this house this morning to worship you. We pray, dear God, that you would speak to us this morning, that through the comfort of these scriptures, Lord, that will be brought forth this morning that we could have hope, hope in the one who paid it all to redeem us from our sins. We pray that you get all the honor and all the glory this morning. We pray that you help me, Lord, help me to articulate this correctly. And for those sitting this morning, Lord, for as our dear brother Jimmy said earlier, that only you could write on hearts of flesh. Please help us, dear God. In Christ's name we ask you. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6. We have two proof texts this morning from the Catechism, one being Matthew 6 and the second being Acts 14. In Matthew 6, verse 26, we're going to look at his special care and providence for his children or saints. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? He cares for us, brethren. Let's stay in the same chapter. And let's look at the point where he cares for our provision. Look at verses 27 through 30. And he goes beyond this point and he says, Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Turn over a page. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. We'll see an example of here how he cares for us in our distress. Verse 23, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, and so much that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him, awoke him, and saying, Lord, save us. 
we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And we look so much at that scripture of the power of God over his creation, but also in the midst of that passage of scripture, we see his care. We see his care in our distresses. Not only did he calm the sea, but he calmed his disciples in the midst of that as well. Turn over a few chapters to Matthew 14. Let's look at verse 28 through 31. He cares for us even when we have moments of questions, when we have unbelief. Look at verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. This is when Peter walked upon the water. He asked the Lord if he could come out. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus but when he saw the wind, boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And if you notice in these last three passages, Jesus said this, O ye of little faith. But yet, in the midst of that rebuke, he still came. He still provided. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. We'll see here that he cares for our infirmities. Or our weaknesses. Give verse 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin and because of this the next point verse 16 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need the truth is brethren that we are we are a fallen people we have infirmities we're not going to walk on a mountain all the time we're, we're going to have moments of doubt but if we keep our eyes focused upon him just as Peter when he doubted when he sank and he cried out Lord save me the Lord is there he's always there he forever lives to pray for us and intercede our second proof text this morning the book of Acts chapter 14 
we're going to see his providence and his divine guidance. Acts chapter 14, verse 17. It says here, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, and that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. The Lord provides not only special care to his saints, but also to all mankind. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 17. And let's look at his providence and how he draws, he draws us to himself through his providence. Acts chapter 17, let's look at verses 24 through 27. And Paul preaching here, he said, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation. In verse 27 here, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Turn over to Romans chapter 1. We're going to show a few verses here how God through creation has revealed himself. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. <clears throat> Verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are cleanly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We see here that God has revealed himself. and acts of providence, and acts of creation. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians, and we'll see this revealing of himself, how it becomes effective unto salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll see the providence of what he implemented in the preaching of the gospel. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 through 24. I'm sorry. I'm in 2 Corinthians. One second. Verse 21. 
For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both of the Jews and the Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. In our last verse this morning, let's turn back to the book of Acts chapter 14. And we'll see how by the preaching of the gospel, by the providence of that, how he calls us unto himself. Acts 14, let's look at verses 44. I'm sorry, Acts 13. I'm looking for Lydia. Is that right? Yeah. I'm sorry, it is 13. All right. Verse 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying that I have set thee to be a light unto the Gentiles, that, y'all should, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And this last phrase right here, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Look back at verse 46 where it says, and you judge yourselves unworthy of an everlasting life. The gospel, when it goes forth, it accomplishes what it's supposed to accomplish. God has revealed himself to both the sinner and the saint. This is his providence. Let's ask his help. Father, we thank you for the day, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that you've made a way, Lord, because at some point in time we were all dead in our sins and trespasses, and it pleased you to reveal your Son to us. And we thank you so much for our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the remission of sins. We thank you, Lord. As my sister Yvette said this morning, Lord, in conversation, I don't have to go to hell. You set me free from that, Lord. We thank you so much for that. Lord, be with the rest of this Sunday school hour as Brother Jimmy goes teach the children. Lord, we pray that you would open their little hearts and their little eyes to this truth. Be with us the next hour, Lord. Help us, Lord. Speak to us. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen.